So I'm stuck in a bit of a quandary currently, so I thought I'd outline it for the purposes of this long funk to illustrate some of my thinking. Tomorrow I'm going to give a presentation at work associated with model rail radio. There is a creators group that has been started at work and I thought the best way to utilise this group is to do a series of talks where various creators talk about certain abstract things associated with their creation process. And I thought I'd kick this off since I proposed the creators talk as a thing to talk about the community that I created with Model Rail Radio. And really to say the community I created doesn't really give the full breadth. In fact, I'm going to have to remember to include a dot point on the slide to illustrate the fact that this was actually created by hundreds of people that I was somehow able to kind of channel and corral in various different directions. But the notion that I created Model Rail Radio myself is not really true. It was created through a series of people's view, just a kind of thumbs up, right? An actual expression that what I was doing was reasonable and interesting, and that they would back what I was doing through their own participation and adding a bit more to the tapestry of this thing. I'm not really in a quandary currently with Model Rail Radio. I've changed some things, I've done some tweaks, I've started recording more frequent shows. And by doing more frequent recordings, I think I'm not getting the breadth of participants that I had gotten historically, or at least people don't seem to be planning to call into the show as they once did. So what I'm doing is moving to a three-week cadence, in part because of the summer months, but also to see if the number of callers improves over this period of time. I've recorded two shows where only three other people called in other than myself. And those shows are good, but they can't run for the full two hours comfortably. So I'm thinking, what do I need to do with regards to this thing? Well, Facebook has an interesting answer to this. Facebook is running what they're calling mentorship programs. And I was offered this with regards to Model Rail Radio. And I said, well, I thought this makes perfect sense. The idea is that you set up the group where people in the group that have specialist skills pass on those specialist skills to others through direct communication. Now, we're not stupid here. We know why Facebook is doing this. Facebook is doing this fundamentally because they've lost a large number of participants. And they've lost a large number of participants through the way in which they've changed Facebook to be more for sale of political data than actual social communication. So I do appreciate the background for why Facebook is moving into this. And I'm in two minds associated with whether I should kick this off with model rail radio, but I'm doing it to see if it actually works in some meaningful sense. My view is that the golden age of social media has long gone. It was probably five years ago now, certainly well before the last election in the US. And I think what has happened more recently is that Facebook has moved down to certainly fractions of folks that I interact with on a regular basis. So maybe 15% of what it once was. I mean, dramatic reduction in the number of folks that are actively participating in Facebook. And I see this with regards to every aspect of the social media map. I see this with regards to certainly how folks interact on model rail radio. We have a, a new kind of darling podcast, a couple of new darling podcasts, actually, that I've been happy to contribute to and work with. They have a slightly, well... I don't know if they were slightly better. They certainly don't in terms of numbers, but numbers are meaningless here. They certainly are communities of more contribution in the short term. Now, a lot of it is not necessarily associated with the subject matter, but I think 
social media has optimized itself for a smaller group of participants that need very particular kinds of stimulus. And I'm not really doing that for Model Rail Radio. My purpose with Model Rail Radio is actually to maintain it for the broad listenership with the view that they, in smaller numbers, are on social media. So I have no means of actively polling the listenership other than doing things like running contests. So when I run contests, I do get an active sense of who the listeners are because listeners from all over the world will contribute in the case of Model Rail Radio track plans for a particular contest. But it is a very strange time to be creating these kind of things, these kind of, I don't know, expressions of a community in audio form because you have very limited means of actually polling the folks involved. I started a podcast called My Rules Are Better and I offered lead, quite literally. I offered miniatures out to the listenership to get in contact. And out of that, one in four is a gentleman who I've never had any interaction with previously. He found the podcast through looking at iTunes for dice rolling techniques, I think. Two of the four are active model rail radio participants, one of whom I've actually met. And one is a long-term participant in my wargaming podcast of more than a decade ago. So when I was part of that particular podcast a long time ago. So these folks have actively followed my work and gotten there through my work, aside from the gentleman in Germany. So yeah, it is an interesting way of actually surveying a listenership. Apple's podcasting tools are relatively useless. I mean, when I say relatively useless, they're pretty useless. My suspicion is that they are surveying a very particular percentage of the listenership, i.e. those that have the latest iOS devices on the latest iOS version, which I don't know, who knows what percentage of the listenership they are. So you have all these little windows into where the listenership is, aside from my favorite, which is when you go to a particular place, you meet a group of listeners. And I think that's an actual metric that I continue to utilize with regards to model rail radio and continues to make a lot of sense. So this, I think, is the new normal. This is what I'm moving into. It makes me wonder if I ever really trusted. I guess I did trust Facebook at some stage. I knew only a fraction of the listenership were active on Facebook, but that struck me as a much larger percentage, maybe in the order of 30-40%. Maybe it never was that high. Maybe I just believed or hoped it was that high to get some sense of it. But now, increasingly, I feel like I'm just producing content in a void, so to speak, and just seeing what happens with it. So I thought this was worthy of a long funk recording, just to put this idea out to my broader, slightly more, I don't know how one would describe my listeners to long funk, but folks who I guess have been following me for some period of time, and still for some reason want to tune in on a regular basis. A completely unrelated topic, which I'm just going to put out here. When we had the electricity done, I lost a lot of things, like actually just lost in the house. Some things were explicitly taken. We had an electrician who took a bunch of stuff. And, sorry, he wasn't the electrician. He was the electrician's plastering assistant, what have you, in any case. So we knew that there was active pillaging through that period of time. But one of the things that happened is that I bought a really old army, a really old skeleton army, which I kind of squirreled away and not wanted to look at because I remember when I opened it, it was very badly broken and, you know, there were lots of 
There were lots of issues with the army, so I squirreled it away, and I only opened the box this week. Looking inside, a majority of the issues that I remember weren't actually issues, and it makes me realise that the quality of my mind when going through extreme stress, like having my house ripped apart for some never-ending process, not good to actually remember fine details. It makes me realise that I need to go back and look at fine details again. I have a project currently, it's a mini-project, which is called Noble Ape The Wilmslow Years, which is the development of Noble Ape through 2002 through to 2005, the early part of both 2002 and 2005. And that period of time, I think, defined Noble Ape in a way that needs to be documented. It's a curious period of time because there was a lot of documentation through then. I wrote a lot of different bits and pieces of, of text. I had a mail out, which was pretty active. I had two blogs at the time. I had a development blog and a personal blog, and eventually the development blog became the personal blog. But, you know, I had a lot of different ways of describing what was going on. And I think it's a particularly fascinating time because, firstly, the <laughs> as I'm working on currently, the preamble into 2002 is deeply fascinating and enables me to tell a number of stories that I've never actually told. They're not in the... Original manuals of Noble Ape, the original manuals of Noble Ape in January 1997. From January 1997 to 2002, a lot of interesting stuff happened. And it's not just that it was interesting stuff, it's that it hasn't been told in a frank form. Now, there are periods of time through this, particularly when I arrived here, let's just call it the Wozniak period, which I'm not particularly interested in going in great detail about right now. I think... Certainly my experience, I put out this, or I put my text at least, and edited this book on John Draper, Captain Crunch, which came out last year. And through a media-created storm, which was very curious, because that basically everything in the media storm was in my writings in this book, it completely shelved any meaningful acceptance or understanding associated with this one individual's work. It was very curious, because people... I guess, assumed that this book was going to be some puff piece, that they didn't actually look at it critically or after the fact. And the media storm associated with the claimed bad acts of John Draper leading into this thing basically killed the book. And I was using this book as a litmus test to see whether or not there was any appetite for an honest account of technology. So I've taken that very negatively. I've taken that with the view that this is not a a thing that people have an appetite for currently. So a majority of the Wozniak-related stuff is not going to be in this book, unfortunately. But it is great fun just writing, and it is great fun writing at pace. I'm rewriting, not rewriting, let me say that again. I'm creating a new work called Just Plain Chaos, which if Jim Gaffigan calls his next comedy special Just Plain Chaos, you'll know why. In any case, so I'm creating a new work from... Elements of Field of Chaos, plus a bunch of additional stuff which was in the first first writing of Field of Chaos but never actually got out. So Just Playing Chaos, I think, is the logical succession to these ideas. And everything I'm doing now, I'm doing with the view of audiobooks. So my writing is actually quite a bit different because my plan is to record audiobooks of my writing. Books don't exist anymore in paper form. They really have most of their life in audio. And as you hear my voice now, you'll understand that this is an interesting combination. This is an interesting idea from someone who's been releasing podcasts and writing. Let's put these two things together. So, yeah, I have two books that are 
500 words every other night, every other book kind of on the go. They're both relatively hard writing. They both require a lot of focus and a lot of attention. And in the context of just playing Chaos, it is about re-piecing together a story with additional elements and explicitly, because you've already heard this in prior podcasts, the removal of one particular character who came to stay with me about a year ago and didn't want anything more to do with any of my stuff, which is fine. Curious, but fine. (laughs) So that part is being explicitly expunged and being replaced with a lot of the stuff that I really wanted to write about in Field of Chaos, just didn't. So we'll see how the whole thing is put together. But returning to these skeleton folk, this army of skeleton folk, my ability to write about something when I'm out of the eye of the storm is actually an immense luxury. And it's something that came to me through a variety of different bits and pieces. But I, I'm not returning to Wormslow in this trip. I did last trip. But Wormslow is going to be as much a part of my future, ideally, as of my past. And I think constructing or describing what occurred in the past there helps welcome me to go back in the future. That might seem a little abstract. But when you're out of the storm, you tend to write better about these things. Anyway, those are my thoughts on these particular issues.